Walk on Utes listeners. It's Brian Brown here. We have a bonus episode for you. Uh, double booked myself, and both shows were wonderful. Wanted to give everybody a chance to listen to both. Didn't want to save one in the can because they're both kind of prevalent to a, and, and current to the situation. So, first episode with Andrew McCullough debuted this morning. This episode with Dan Sorensen of Utes Own Publisher debuting midday. You can listen to him at your leisure. Uh, but wanted to get these up and, and get these uh, get these out there because some really, really great content, a fun discussion with Dan, who has been covering recruiting for longer than anybody else in the state, as far as I know, yeah, at least recruiting central to the University of Utah. Covered a variety of topics. Uh, we just kind of riff here, uh, mostly talking recruiting stuff. So if you're sick of that, go ahead and give it a breather. But uh, Dan is incredible. He's He's been a good friend, a mentor. We've been through a lot together, had a lot of uh, good times, uh, m- more good times than bad, but uh, a lot of good sunburns together, being outside and, and both being very fair-skinned. I think he brings a really unique perspective uh, to this class and to the conversation that we have. So Three parts here with Dan Sorensen of Utesone Publisher Extraordinaire. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial ser- system for growing businesses. And as such, a man who is in charge of a very uh, explosive growing business in a good way coming off what I'm assuming was a monster day yesterday over at utezone.com. First time joining me on the podcast, longtime friend uh, and, and someone who I consider a mentor and, and, you know, to a degree, a brother with everything that we've been through together. Uh, Dan Sorensen, publisher, founder of utezone.com. Dan, how are you, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's way overdue. And it was one of those things that, honestly, when I planned this out originally, I pictured like, okay, Monday will be Dan's day, Tuesday will be Michelle's day, Wednesday will be Steve's. And uh, it kind of didn't go that direction, but we're getting to it slowly and surely. Uh, the Ute Zone family well represented here. We've had Cole on, we've had Sammy on, Steve, Michelle. Uh, had to go to the... the uh, the godfather of the site and the godfather of Utah recruiting, really. Um, let's let's start out there because I think that's the biggest buzz around the program right now is what happened on early signing day. Uh, this was probably one of the more relaxed signing days that Utah's had in a long, long time. I think that's indicative of how they are approaching recruiting now. What is it that they're doing in recruiting that that's causing things to go so much more smoothly and, and to allow them to get the guys that they really want? Well, it's been funny, this cycle, you know, for, for the longest time, they just had the tiny class, right? They, they didn't have a lot of commits and that's not strange for a Utah football recruiting class. You know, they generally go slow, build momentum, especially as you get toward through November to early December into the early signing period. So that wasn't unique, but you know, one of the things that I think that this Utah staff has done that is different than, than pretty much any other staff in the country is they are so dialed in on their guys, on the types of guys that they want. When they go out and evaluate guys, uh, you know, a lot of people, the fans, you know, you look at the star ratings and look, star ratings are important, you know, 24 seven sports, which of which you zone is a member of that network is built on giving star ratings to high school players. So I'm not going to discount that. And four and five star players are generally more ready to be stars at the next level than not. But 
um, Utah doesn't really care about that. They don't look at the stars. They don't look at the offer list. They, they look at, they have very distinct things that they look for in terms of, of a body type, in terms of speed and athleticism, in terms of personality types. If you see a kid that Utah offers and they're not a kid that hangs out on social media a lot, you know, typically that is a Utah type of guy. The coaches gravitate towards guys like that. Uh, There's a personality. They, They want lunch pail type guys, guys that will fit within the culture of the program and, and really buy into what they're trying to do uh, and, 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 and into the brotherhood that this coaching staff has been so good at creating. And so because Utah is so good at identifying their guys, and then when they bring them in on official visits, they are really good at creating an experience that resonates. And so, and, and on top of it, you know, Utah is, you know, we joke about it a lot on the Ute Zone boards, you know, and you'll see, even if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see people posting the ninja gifts, right? Like, um, and, and so, and there's talk of ninja recruiting, especially when it comes to guys that may be committed to other programs, like a Kana that was committed to Boise State and actually decommitted and signed with the Utes on uh, yesterday. And so, um, but Utah's like that. They don't always go publicize what they're doing and you know they, they it's not their style to go big and to do a you know an Oregon style you know friday night lights camp and and you know they 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 want you know blue collar lunch pail guys that are tough as nails that are smart and athletic and that are going to fit into that culture and so because they're so good at targeting the types of guys that they want they're generally they've gotten really really good at closing them and that's the big story from yesterday was you know heading into signing day 4 p.m., you know, there were seven guys that were on the table that could commit before the end of signing day, and they landed all seven of those guys. Uh, so it was a big day, lots of announcements. It was capped by Justin Medlock, which is an, a linebacker out of Texas that Utah fans should be very, very excited about. It, you'll look at his offer list and, and you know, the talk of stars. I don't know how he's not rated a four-star player. His offer list is as good as any player that's ever signed with Utah. And so, you know, they, they identify their guys they're good at that they know who's gonna fit they know what they know their sales pitch you know in and out and and they're and now that they're able to close you know and especially winning is helping them close with guys yeah it it is and i think you know you talked about the seven guys that basically committed and signed at the very end it almost felt like a flood of everybody who they're targeting closed like collapsed on the class at the very end there. You mentioned Medlock. I don't think he's the only guy in this class that's probably deserving of a four-star rating. I think Jalen Glover as well. I would lobby that Carson Tabarachi probably deserves it as well. You know, I think he's... He just doesn't get the same attention, but he's very, he's not the athlete that Lander is, but he's the football player, right? Yeah. Um, and well, look, he's a guy that was at Ohio State, Notre Dame, yeah. USC. Like they went hard after him. And so, of course, you know, of course, that's a guy that that, that warrants consideration. Uh, and, and he's a guy that I think is, is pretty underrated as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Do you have a favorite player from this class? 
favorites a loaded word. I just posted <laughs> on the YouTube message boards. Right now, my favorite is actually Ryan Peppins uh, out of Thompson High School in Alabaster, Alabama. Um, and 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 I like him for a couple of reasons. Number one is you know Utah needs a guy that's going to replace Britton Covey. They need that smaller receiver that can get in space, make moves, make people miss, uh, and 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 make big plays with the ball in his hand. Whether it be you know uh, as a, as a wide receiver or somebody on special teams. And Peppins is the type of guy with the type of athleticism that can be that. He's not as shifty as Covey was. You know Covey had especially early in his career he had that whole teleportation thing going and, and Peppins. Peppins doesn't have that, but I think Peppins is much faster than Covey is. But the reason that I, Peppins is my favorite is it, there's a couple of things. So number one is that he's loyal. You know, he committed to Utah. There were a lot of big programs that were keeping him on the radar, but were sleeping on him. And there were big, big programs uh, at the end of his recruitment uh, on the eve of signing day that were saying, look, don't sign. And you got an offer coming your way and we want to bring you in. And he just said, you know, thanks coach, but no thanks. I, I am committed to Utah and I'm rolling in. And so, so the, the fact that he's loyal is, is something that's really admirable, but you know, you read a lot about him. You hear about the people that he's around and he's that same kind of guy that's going to bring leadership um, and, and, and those intangibles off the, off the field. And it's so, so important. Like we've seen it this year, even the player driven leadership is critical Devin Lloyd was that type of guy Britton Covey certainly was that type of guy uh, 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 you know thick boy seven uh, it was 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 that is that kind of guy and so Peppins I think is somebody that can be that kind of guy and so he's easily a favorite uh, you know there, there's others that there's others in this class that I absolutely just love you know uh, you, you look at you know uh, Sydney Ambassador, who didn't sign yesterday, he's going to sign. Like, he's 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 the type of receiver that I think that uh, you know that that you know he could be you know a, a Randy Moss esque in the sense that he's big and he's long and he can run and he can make plays and uh, and there's a lot to be excited about that. Jocelyn Malaska is another guy that I just. You look at his story, you know, born in Haiti, uh, was adopted, does not have a lot of football experience under his belt as a phenomenal athlete. You know, it's really easy to kind of be a, him be a favorite just because of his story. And he's resilient and a hard worker. Once again, he's a culture guy. He's a guy that is going to add to this Utah culture and be the kind of guy that you want representing this program in Salt Lake City. And that's really important. You know, we see so often um, you know, the stuff that Nick Ford's doing in the community, the stuff that, you know, there's the toy drive that, that, that Bamel Assini and, and, uh, and, uh, oh dear, my, I, I'm getting older in my brain spaces, Theo Howard, you know, the, and, 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 and others on the team are, are you know, that they're doing, you know, there's so many guys that, that are active in the community and you want people like this in your program, representing your school, representing your community. And frankly, a lot of these people live here after they graduate. And so they build the community. Salt Lake City's a better place because of the type of people that the Utah football program is bringing in. I was going to take it in a different direction, but I think you said something that really matters. This year, as much as any, has been about the development of this Utah community. And it's, I think we've learned that it's not just about the players and it's not just about the games. 
that what Kyle Whittingham has done and what this program has done is it's built something really special in this state. Uh, and, and you're seeing the influence now go statewide, right? Kyle Protege at, at the school down south, you know, one at Weber State. Uh, his, you know, minions, so to speak, are all over the place. You've probably been around Kyle the longest out of anybody, you know, not named PK in this market. What do you see out of Whittingham now that has changed so much both in recruiting but overall as a coach? You know, I think he's – he'd get mad at me if he heard me say this. I think that uh, he's become a little more flexible. Um, I, I was going to say softened, but he hasn't softened. Like, he's got <laughs> a maniacal drive. And when you talk to the people that work for him, he's got a maniacal drive. There's a reason he's a winner. Uh, and he's got that maniacal drive to win and to be excellent. And he holds – people accountable. He holds his coaches accountable. He holds his players accountable, but wit has always had a softer side. He cares. He's, he's a good man, you know, and, and you can't say that a lot about people that run college football programs. Frankly, you know, I, I argue that Kalani is a very good man as well. And, and we're really lucky to have good men running these programs. Um, but, but, you know, they care about how this team is represented in the community and you know every once in a while something happens where some people make mistakes and and they do things that don't represent the team or the community or 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 their families the way that the, the coaches would have them do and sometimes guys get second chances and sometimes they don't but uh, i i think that we've seen uh, you know him really not, not, it's not just about football. It's about preparing you to be a, a human being and, and live in, in, live your life and live your life successfully, regardless of whether football is involved or not. And I think that he's really refined that when you talk to people that have played for him, they talk about the influence that he's had in that realm far more than they talk about what happened on the football field. And, and, you know, and, and even just, and, and, and his coaches are that way as well. Morgan Scally is that way. Sharif. Shaw is really that way. You know, you talk, Domo Hatfield yesterday was just talking about how what an impact Sharif made on his life. Speaking of a guy that made a mistake, was it brought back and, and really allowed to be on a path where he could be a college graduate and, and be a positive contributor to his community. And so um, it's important. It's a, it's part of of the program. It's part of the DNA of the program. And, and, and while it, you know, a lot of fans don't care about that, right. It's a wins and losses or nothing. Right. But, but there are a lot that do care about that. And, and I think that those types of things are important. Yeah. It's better when they're a winner. Um, and especially now, you know, Pac-12 champs for the first time, Rose Bowl, you see the excitement, but, and that's amazing. And, and how the team turned things around is a remarkable story, but what's even more remarkable are the people that are involved in this program and the things that they're doing. And that's what gets me fired up about this team. I can agree more. And I think really what you've seen with Kyle is he's starting to let down that wall because he has been a father figure to all these kids. And I think as you talk to some of the former athletes, the, the disconnect comes in the fact that like afterwards, they don't feel the same kind of like friendly fatherly vibe. You're seeing it with this team tenfold, right? Letting Cam Rising drive his truck, you know, giving Dalton Kincaid the thumbs up. He's noticing these things. He looks really engaged on the road, on the road recruiting, even just happy, smiling, you know, 
know, looks like he's really bonding with these kids on a different level. And I think it really has made him a better coach, which, you know, in, in year, however many he's been at Utah now since 1994 or whatever, um, that's incredible to see that growth still happening. Um, with all that going on, uh, this is a weird transition to make, but I want to get back to the class that they've created. You know, if you had to describe this class, how do you describe it? Because it doesn't, I don't know that it has the same kind of star power that previous classes have had, but at the same time, there are really good players in, in this group. Yeah. You ever put a jigsaw puzzle together? That's what this class is. This class is all those pieces that fell behind the couch and that are making the picture complete. Like that's what this class is. You know, you, you have two quarterbacks, really good quarterbacks, a four-star mega athlete in Nate Johnson and Brandon Rose who committed after Nate Johnson did because he doesn't care and he thinks he's going to win the job. And it had, you know, put up awesome numbers himself has supreme confidence and is a, is a fine quarterback. You got Lander Barton, who's the, you know, the wonderkind, the, uh, the, um, he, he's the legacy, right? Like he's the, what many people are hoping is the culmination of the amazing Barton family that has been so, so good to Utah athletics uh, over the years. You got guys that are, that are edge rushers like Kayla Kana or, or Chase Kennedy. You got solid, long offensive linemen that are going to probably need a couple of years to develop, but have a chance to be really good. You got another stout uh, defensive tackle in Dallas Vakalahi, who is going to serve a mission and come back and, you know, probably be another fire hydrant in the middle of that line. And then you got athletes coming out to your ears or in the skill positions on both the defensive and offensive side of the ball. You know, Jalen Glover, one of the best running high school running backs to come out of the state of Florida in the last decade. You've got guys like Carson Tabarachi that can play seven different positions and, and play it well and is, is, is big and athletic and versatile. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, Malaska, you know, Chris Reed, fantastic receiver prospect that, you know, has his best days of football ahead of him. And Bassinor the same way, Justice Lowe committed, but didn't sign a kid out of Oregon, a guy that can play either way. Tao Johnson, probably the best football player in the state of Idaho this year. And once again, kid that can play probably four different positions and play them well. And so it's a matter of being able to fit them in and where they go. And so they got a lot of versatility. They got a lot of athleticism and they got guys that frankly, strong athletes, strong fits that don't need to necessarily step in and play immediately. Look, next year's team is going to be really, really good. And the, the small pieces that they need to fill. Yeah. They've got seven or eight scholarships still available that they can go out and get guys in the transfer portal. And we saw that even in, um, with the tight ends that I even talk about, you know, Logan Kendall is the rhino as you dubbed him. Uh, and I hope that sticks because when you watch his film, the kid out of Idaho, he is a rhino. And I think you fans, especially the ones that love hard nosed football, they're going to love this kid. And then Landon Morris, another type of tight end. And so Utah is going to lose tight ends and they're plugging them in and you're going to see them plug in more guys from the transfer portal, especially if guys go to the NFL or if, if there are a few transfers out of the program, which I expect will happen. And so the, when you look at the class, it's just that it's what are the needs? How do we fill them? And they, and how do we get the complete puzzle so that not only can, you know, we uh, be good in the future, but, you know, we can be good next year. And I think we're going to see a little bit of that. So there's a lot to be excited about um, uh, the, you know, 
high average star rating. You know, it's, it's not the best class in the nation from a star perspective, but these are guys that they can develop. You know, you should have at this point, if you've been a Utah fan for more than 10 years, you should have faith that these coaches are know what they're doing, that they can identify and they can develop. And that's, what's going to happen. And so you get these guys in the system for a couple of years playing behind a lot of these guys that got so many reps as freshmen last year and this year. And, you know, this is, this is about, this is the type of class that helps you reload in three years, not rebuild, but reload. And that's the type of program they're trying to build. There's, we have a channel with all the locked on hosts across the country. And, and I'd be lying if I said the majority of the, the podcasts in the college football channel are on the West coast. It's all Easterly. And they're all talking about class rankings and everything like that. And I jumped in and said, Hey, you can finish with a mid thirties class ranking and win the pac 12. I'm, I'm living the dream. And it, I mean, it cracked everybody up, but the, the reality is, is that, you know, we talk to guys like Greg Biggins and, and Brandon Huffman and Blair and Gulo all the time. They know. Like, like if it's a Utah DB, he's a four-star kid. You might as well just give him the rating. I, I think it was Huffy was on with Steve the other day where he was talking about, like, don't embarrass us again with all these kids. I think he was talking about Tao Johnson. Um, but it, it's this evolution of Utah and, and recruiting is, is – it's weird because it's like – it's almost like they went in one direction to try and get those talented kids and then just decided to come back to what they already knew because they could do it. And like you said, put the jigsaw puzzle together with the guys that they have. Yeah. And then people, you know, talk about how Utah, you know, made their bones on two and three star kids. And that's true. The difference is that these are much higher caliber two and three star kids. Look at the offer lists. And, and, and to your point, you know, there are, you know, there there's two four-star kids in the class. There's strong arguments for Justin Medlock to be a four-star kid, strong arguments for Jalen Glover and Carson Tabarachi to be four-star ranked. And, and even like, you know, knowing uh, some of the, the programs that are coming on late, you know, there, there, there's, there's, there is firepower in this class, even if this, the star rankings aren't quite what you would suspect that they would be. And still it's a, it's a, look, they're a mid thirties class. It's, it's, it is a very, very good class, but in context, I think it's even better. I, I want to ask if you have a favorite recruiting story, but I know that that's putting you on the spot a little bit. Um, so go ahead and share a recruiting story that comes to mind or, you know, that, that you feel like maybe you haven't shared very much that people would be interested in. Of all time, all time, this, this oh cycle, goodness. whatever it is, I know it's, I know there's a catalog and look like you and I are both getting old. So it's tough to reach back there and dust off some of those memories. Um, but I know that you, like, every time we talk, there's new stories that come out. Right. And, and I know that you've got something in there that you found. Yeah. And, and there's weirdness and shenanigans. Like my favorite one this, this year is, is really um, you look at a kid like Chase Kennedy, right? So he's a edge rusher out of, out of uh, the Dallas area. Uh, it's basically down to Utah and TCU, you know, TCU big 12 school. They're in Fort worth, which is in the Dallas Metroplex. So it's, it's the hometown school. And uh, he's visiting, I think he was visiting Houston and he was visiting the weekend of the Oregon game. And he had just visited, he'd, he'd visited Utah a couple of times. He was actually in Salt Lake city the weekend that Aaron Lowe died, which is why uh, they of course cut his visit short. And, and the NCAA gave him, him him a waiver to be able to come back to Salt Lake city and visit a second time. And he was down in, for his visit. And I think it was at Houston and the Utes are on national TV boat racing, the Oregon ducks. And that's when he decides, yeah, 
I want in with that. And I love stuff like that, you know? So, you know, you talk about the, the Rose bowl bump and, and, and the, uh, the, the Oregon bump, you know, with, with, you know, winning on the field and, and, and beating teams in, in big games and in, in high profile situations, you know, Chase Kennedy is, is an example of that. He's, he is a horn frog. If that doesn't happen, most likely. So I love stories like that. And there's a few of them like that this year, you know, uh, where, where, you know, Utah was able to get in, they stayed with it. They stayed on top of it. The results happened on the field and then other teams came in and, and the kids were just like, Nope, I, I want to be a you, I want to be a part of this because something special is happening in Salt Lake city. Uh, there were a couple of stories like that this year, you know, there were, uh, we'll say differentiating opinions on where exactly Brandon Rose was when he submitted his commitment to the University of Utah. But that's another example, right? They found a kid who bought into what they were selling. He wanted to be a Ute. He knew it. And I think more than anything, that's really what they've done a good job of is finding the kids that that are a match for them and, and getting those solid commitments because they didn't really have any flips from this class. They had some decommitments that were more than likely uh, tough conversations to have with the recruits saying, hey, this is how we perceive things to be and we don't want to you know lead you on and and that's part of this game unfortunately it just is um you see it happen from time to time uh that being said i think that utah plays it as as honest or honestly and earnestly as they possibly can um I want, I, I can't let you go without asking you. Cause I know that this like recruiting is, is definitely your, your lifeblood, but Utah basketball is your passion. Uh, how much fun are you having right now? Watching Craig Smith coach this team. I know they're not good yet, but like watch just watching him coach. Yeah, they're not good yet. I think they will be, you know, that he's got the, the GATA, right? Good afternoon. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they've got a belt, like they got a, a WWE style championship belt for, for players that, 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 that could, that earn it. And, you know, I love stuff like that, like that. I'm a sucker for, for things like that. Look, he's got energy. Uh, he's bringing in the program. He's bringing, he's, he's bringing, um, a, a different coaching style and you know and you and i we had lots of conversations about the previous regime and i do not want to downplay or down talk them because uh at the end of the day uh you know they brought really good things to the university of utah and frankly they they brought a lot of things that they won't get credit for larry kraskoviak especially you know he 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 was good for this community and uh and it's a loss that he is he's not in it any longer uh even though you know i think that utah basketball as a program is going to be better for it and, and, but but i think that that needs to be acknowledged there are a lot of people that didn't like him uh he, speaking of good humans that did a lot of good things behind the scenes and hated credit for it he did that and 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 that should be said and but craig smith i love his energy i love what he's bringing to the table they got to figure it out on the recruiting front they've had a couple of really tough losses on on that front i think they will and i think that frankly the way that the transfer portal works it's going to allow him to build in better way in quicker ways than you would have been able to do say five or ten years ago and so but i what i do love the the fact that he is a defensive-minded coach look i grew up in the majeris days and defense and rebounding uh, are paramount to all you know uh, because you can win games if you can defend and rebound even if you can't shoot the rock and so and i think that and even if you've got maybe a lesser 
talent level. And, and, and Craig Smith, I think he innately understands that. And he's going to instill a toughness that we haven't seen in a while. And he's going to instill some, some, um, a style of basketball that I think that he can win with and win in a big way in Salt Lake city. It's, it's not going to be there this year. I think that this is going to be, uh, this team is going to be a lovable bunch of, 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 uh, of, of of ragtag rebels if you will but uh but uh you know i i, I don't expect them to do a lot in terms of, of postseason or anything like that uh, they got to get healthy they've had some bad bad luck uh in that uh, regard but you know th- there, there's reason to be optimistic even if you're cautiously optimistic i know that there are a lot of utah basketball fans that are you know show me first and and i think they'll get there and so but but in, in the meantime it should be fun to watch i i agree and, and i've enjoyed kind of watching this team grow from game to game uh i love watching brandon carlson i don't know how you can and you know i've even been impressed with booth gotch how he's grown I think that for for both of us, uh, I think we're both eternally optimistic by nature. We we like to look at the positives and the good things. As we close this out, this episode out, uh, one of those things that's kind of facing the future of college athletics and recruiting is both NIL deals and the transfer portal. And it's hard to kind of see what good is left in there. As someone who's just who knows this game so well. What do you see happening with NIL and the transfer portal? And, and do you see those kind of negative changes actually coming to place? Or do you have kind of a more optimistic view of things? Uh, so I, I'm going to go on record. I love NIL and I love the transfer portal. I, I am all about uh, the players uh, and the players having power. This is a multi-billion dollar industry that has been built on the backs of people that have not had a lot of power. And so anything, you know, and, and when I see people like Dabo Swinney, you know, complaining about it, you know, or, or, or Gene Chizik, who, who he didn't say no to that $8.5 million buyout that he got when they fired him from Auburn, you know, he didn't cry about, about families not has struggling to feed themselves, you know, when he did that. So, you know, I, I, I want to take all those hypocrites and tell them to stuff it. And, you know, look, I love that the kids have power. NIL, it's a little bit of a mess. There are some things that are going to get figured out. I think, uh, you know, I'm watching very closely the things that are happening down at BYU. And uh, I, I think that there may have been some liberties that were taken that uh, should not have been taken. And that's just based on on the reports. I'm not saying that to, to, to get people riled up in, in the rivalries banter. I'm not interested in that at all. But, you know, I think that there are going to be some changes based on what is some of the things that we've seen. At the end of the day, I want to see players get paid. I want to see them be able to to to, to be creative and, and leverage what their opportunities are to get money and, and to make money. And and we're seeing a lot of players that not are, are not only making money for themselves, but they're spreading it to their families and they're spreading it to communities. There's the kid out of Michigan that was given it like a, a bulk of what he was making to charity like that. Kind kind of thing is awesome to me and uh 
And I want to see more of that. The transfer portal is the same. Look, it's a new, it's, it is the new reality. Uh, I don't want it to go back to the way that it was. Yes, it is a little bit of a free agency system. Yes, it takes away from some of that traditional, you know, loyalty thing that people, people have. But at the end of the day, you know, I want a kid, when you see a kid transfer from the Utah football program, this is a kid that has worked his tail off. This is a kid that has most likely been going to class. This is a kid that, you know, likely is not going to see the field and he's been a youth and he's represented the program the way that the program should be represented. He deserves a chance to go somewhere else and to earn some playing time and to, 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 to build his career the way he wants to build it. Just like I have the opportunity to go find whatever job I want. And so I like that. I hope it continues and I hope, and, and the smart coaches are the ones that are going to be able to capitalize on it. And, and, you know, Utah benefited from the transfer portal this year more than they than it hurt them and i think we're going to see a lot more of that uh, without a doubt and i think they used it in a very smart fashion they knew that they needed to get two tight ends they knew they couldn't wait on development so they went and reloaded at the position with two guys you can see the field almost immediately um i, I also agree with you i think that this is a a good direction to go in but there has to be some some better structure uh i don't i don't have faith in the ncaa to be the ones to do it but i do think that this uh does kind of push both conference commissioners and everybody else who's who's really handling the money uh cough cough espn into a direction to where they actually need to start doing things uh also like what what you said that's the hard part about these conversations and you you and i can ramble and go on for forever this generation's different. They're not, uh, you know, people think that they're all about the money and getting that bag, but this is also a generation that's been raised kind of like eating the, the, the bad end of a lot of stuff. And so they understand the importance of taking care of each other, you know, looking out for those who are less fortunate, way, way better than, than, than our generation and, and some of the others even ahead of us did uh, in a different way, right? Like it used to be about just neighborhoods taking care of neighborhoods. Now it has to be about, you know, or neighbors taking care of neighbors. Now has to be about neighborhoods taking care of neighborhoods and vice versa and and i love that about about these kids um I can't keep you any longer. I know you've got a lot to do, but I will say this, this won't be the last conversation we have because I know that there's plenty more to go on. And uh, especially as we kind of start trending into a different, different part of the season where we can reflect and uh, pontificate a little bit more, which is without a doubt, our specialty. Uh, thank yep. you so much for coming on. Any, any final thoughts and, and where can people find you and, and what are you pushing, pushing out these days, both uh, at Ute Zone and elsewhere? Sure. I will say this, and I've said this a lot to the Ute Zone staff, and, and so I'm hoping that you're listening, Brian. I'm hoping that you fans are listening. Look, um, I'm muting right now. What? What? I am a guy about. I am a guy that is all about moments, and uh, this Rose Bowl thing is cool. I hope uh, every Ute fan out there just cherishes what has happened over the last month. And I hope that for those that where, where Utah football is, is a positive addition to your life. It's part of your lifestyle. It's part of how you connect and bond with your family. I hope that in a couple of weeks that uh, win or lose, I hope that the Rose bowl is a special, special moment for you. This is a special group of kids. Uh, we don't see opportunities like this often. 
enjoy and relish the hell out of it. Uh, you know, I am all, look, I'm the guy that kind of coined the whole hashtag team fun thing. And we do this stuff because it's fun and because it matters. And what matters is, is the connections we make with other people and with our family. And so I'm hoping that people have those types of opportunities and it's just an amazing experience, win or lose. And I hope people take advantage of that. In terms of finding me, I'm at Udzone, Udzone.com. Um, and, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know it well. Uh, if you're not subscribing, um, look, it's going to sound like a jerky thing to say, but you're kind of doing it wrong because the community there is awesome. And it's not just about Steve Bartle and Brian Brown and, and me and Michelle Bodkin and everybody else that's there. Like Great moderators, great content, but the community and the message board is awesome, awesome, awesome. Go check it out. There's no trolls. And if there are, we banhammer them away anyway. So, but it, but it's a fun place to be. It's a place where we've tried to create a special environment for Utah fans where you can really connect with each other and celebrate together and commiserate together and all of that type of thing. So, so check us out there. D, at D Sorensen on Twitter. I usually just retweet Ute's own stuff, but, uh, send, but you're always welcome to send me a good gritty gif. So, um, or taco or taco taco recommendations i am all about the tacos so uh, uh as 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 we said on the radio a couple of weeks ago dirty dan want tacos <laughs> but, but anyway yeah but I, I look i appreciate you having me on it it's it's been really fun to, to see how this thing has played out look it's fun to win uh and, and this is a special group but i i just you know, there are humans under those helmets. There are humans across the sidelines. There are humans in the seats next to you. And, and we're all in this together. Life has not been easy the last two years. And so be kind to each other. And, and let's let's just make the internet and everywhere else we go just a better place. Because why not? 22% better. Kumbaya message. <laughs> Dan Sorensen made us 22% better today, so we appreciate it. And great to have the uh, the legendary Kansas City Chief safety, Dan Sorensen. <laughs> He's number 49 in your programs, but number one in your heart. Uh, no, but uh, thank you again so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, and, and we'll definitely have you back as soon as I can get on top of things enough to make sure we get schedules aligned. Uh, that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, there's not too much more that I can add to it. So you know where to find us at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Email the show LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. Uh, find us on your favorite platform. We are free and available on all of them. Uh, that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast for December 17th, 2021. And we'll talk to you again on Monday. Monday.